When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. On 882 6PR, inspiring stories for Barra and O'Day. Generations of excellence since 1888. Hello once again, my name is uh, Tim McMillan, welcome to another episode of Inspiring Stories brought to you by Bower and O'Day, doing ordinary things extraordinarily well. If there was uh, one guest that we could invite in here uh, who exemplified that uh, that mantra, doing ordinary things extraordinarily well, then, uh, then this man certainly fits that bill. Uh, an absolute legend. Uh, of Australian football, it would take me the full hour, I think, to go through all of your uh, your medals, uh, your accolades. Uh, so uh, welcome, Barry Cable. It's a great pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Tim, and it's a pleasure to be speaking to you and your uh, listeners. Uh, Barry, I, I mean... I suppose I shouldn't be in awe of your achievements, uh, you know, even even now. But uh, you said that uh, you just did a quick thirty forty k bike ride this morning, and that uh, that that's a lazy day for you. That's that's incredible. Well, it is because it is a bit cold and wet out there, <laughs> and of course, uh, when you're in your seventies, it's uh, not quite like when you're in your twenties. Yeah. Um, so you know, I take it a little bit easier these days, and uh, but I still love my cycling and enjoy yep. it and because it's a fitness thing anyway and people should be always aware of that whether it's cycling running jogging swimming you know whatever yeah uh, you know let's get out and do something how many k's a week are you doing then in an average way uh, oh well at the moment not much at all to be quite frank i just sort of get out at the moment when i feel really good and um and do, do me k's and that's mm. about it probably yep. would be only 150 k's i suppose a week yeah yeah uh, all, all up that's still 150 more than most people. Well, you know, like I say, it's, it's something. So yeah. I'm happy about yeah. that. Um, I want to go right back to the to, to the beginning, your, your early days, hmm. Narragin. You're yeah. one of 11 kids. 11 children. Growing up in Narragin. You almost had a footy team there. Just Nearly. a family. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, a footy family, though? Were you all out uh, the backyard no, kicking no, the footy no, around? It's in, no, it's interesting because um, my elder brothers and sisters, much older than me, uh, with the 11, as you can appreciate, there was quite a gap. And where, where were you in that order then? I'm the baby. Right. I'm the baby of the 11. That's two, two that's of my brothers. Tough. Your survival instincts have to be strong, don't they? Well, they say that they pass things down, but I don't think I've got too many things. <laughs> um, two of my brothers were in the Second World War. And of course, when I was born, uh, they always laughed because they got a message along the line yep. in one of the trenches that they were in that. Um, They've just uh, received a message that uh, they have another brother now. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, and they were away, uh, yeah, fighting overseas. Yeah, yeah right. Okay, where, where were they? Um, well, look, I just forget some of the places they, they were at. Multiple places. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yep. Um, but, yeah, and, and th- they always used to laugh about yeah. that. They used to, it was quite funny. You, you lost your dad uh, yes. as a young boy. He was mm-hmm. a, a man born... Uh, in England, yes, he was an English. He was an Englishman. I think he was born here, but he was English from English right. parents. Yep. 
And um, it's six is that age where you start to sort of, you know, latch onto some of your yeah. your, your memories. Do you have any memories not, not of him? Not a lot. Only that uh, the, the the only memory that I have now is just that when I knew he was just an old man. Yeah. 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 And uh, that's about it. That's 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 a that's a big big ask for your mum to raise eleven kids. Oh, well, you're it? not kidding. You're not kidding. I mean, the, the disappointing thing. One of the disappointing things in my life was that that I never was old enough to talk to my father mm. to you know get a few ideas as to you know what his lifestyle was like yeah. and where he came from, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that that that's always been disappointing. But um, yes, my mother, she she's fantastic. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, to bring up uh, six boys, although one of the Boys died early age as well, so really she brought up uh, the ten of us, mm. um, five boys and five girls, and mm. um, you know you can imagine that's pretty horrendous, particularly in those days. I mean, yeah. you know, you're talking about about back in the late thirties. Yeah. Um, your, your mum and dad, how, how did they meet? Um, Was... Not not a hundred percent sure, but uh, yeah. he was a farm hand, yeah, and apparently a very good one in the country, yeah, around the Narrage and. Um, Brookton, Pingley, Beverly area. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so he um, he joined up with my mother, married in uh, Pingley. Yep. And uh, yeah. You then still it, get down there much? Even uh, now? Just from time to time. Yeah. And Narragh and I go down there every now and again. It's always great to get back to the country. At, at what age did you fall in love with footy? Um, oh, as long as I can remember. Because I, 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 I remember reading a. A story, I think, where you got uh, you got a bit of trouble at school. Yeah, the headmaster yeah. thought you were Tim. You have to be a bit careful with these stories, mate. Because you, know, <laughs> you know, stories are like they they start off a little take on a life of their own. Oh, absolutely, become very. You cute. probably weren't the first kid to get uh, <laughs> chastised for uh, kicking the footy too much oh, and not spending enough time in the classroom. I don't yeah. think so, but uh, <laughs> it's just the fact that I ended up doing fairly well. So it's it's the old it became story. a part of your history, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the teacher called me in. The headmaster called me in one day, and he said, "Listen." Cable, he said, uh, I think you, you know, you're worrying too much about your footy and not a, not enough on your education. And he yeah. was probably right at the time too, because I really did put a lot of time into that. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not saying that he was wrong in what he did, but mm. uh, as a kid at that time, you know, you sort of, it's, it's a bit hard for you to work it all out. Because, yeah. You know, you're driven by this, want to kick the footy and out there with the boys at lunchtime, morning tea, afternoon tea, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, when you got to your mid-teens though... Left school to mm. uh, to take up a, a butcher's yes apprentice yes a um, couple of years uh, you spent doing that uh, yes I did uh, it was a job that what, I yeah what what led well, you down that road well, well I basically took up the job because uh, there was only my mother and I and one of my sisters home at the time and as you can appreciate um, we never had a lot so I thought probably one of the best things I could do is to get a job and make some money yeah and so that I can help my mother. And that was basically the reason why it was so early that I did that. Um, yeah, and started off as a apprentice butcher and then got the opportunity to go to Perth. So then the apprentice butcher's thing wasn't looking all that good after that. <laughs> <laughs> um, was that your first first uh, trip up to Perth then? Uh, or did you did you yes. come up to Perth quite a bit as a, no, no, as no. a kid growing no, up? No, no, only came. Not at all? Was, the, the, no, it was uh, through the footy that got me up there. Yeah. Or brought me up here, yeah. So was it a big call then to ditch the the apprenticeship and well and yes it was yes it was because I was only seventeen and of yeah. course in those days because uh, we're going back now to what nineteen sixty or something um, nineteen sixty sixty one um, 
So that's a long time ago and a lot of things have changed. And of course, in those days, it was always, you know, oh, you know, how are you going to go in the city? You know, nobody knows you. You're too small. You're this, you're that. And it's like everything was negative and there was mm. nothing positive. So you really had to have a positive attitude if you wanted yeah. to be successful in anything. Yeah. Because most of the things that were given to you was all negative. Yeah. So you really had to override all that. And so I was that determined to do well at the footy. Yeah. Those things didn't worry me. It was a lot riding on it then for you, wasn't it? Well, there was a lot riding on it. Yeah. I met, me, met my now wife. Uh, we've been together, I think, next year will be 60 years. Wow. Congratulations. Uh, we, yeah, we were together since we were 15. And so that was a big haul then because then I had to come up knowing that I had to come from Narragin to Perth. Yeah. Um, Helen had to stay at home, of course, in, in, in Narragin. And um, so she was pretty tough going in those days and yeah. uh, never had a car, mainly on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> so things are different. Things yeah. are different. Mm. Um, you mentioned then about, uh, you know, the, the negativity and, and mm. mentioned being too small. Yes. Uh, East Fremantle. I'm yes. sure they're still kicking themselves for uh, uh, for turning mm. you away oh, well, for I'm, that yeah, reason. Yeah, I always have to pull that story out every now and then. <laughs> I don't like to from East Fremantle's point of view, and particularly at the moment with me mate down there, Robbie Wiley not doing all that well with them. But at the same time, they were kings in those days. Yeah, East a powerhouse. I they? had the opportunity. Uh, it was on my way down. The car broke down. Um, and by the time I got there, the teams had already been put up on the board. The players were out on the ground. Mm. And, and I'm assuming, so this, this is not 100% right because I don't really know, but I'm just assuming they probably thought, well, you know, the, the, you know this guy's come from now, which is fantastic, but, you know, looking at him, looks a bit small, this and that. So, you know, no, sorry, mate, you know, you'll have to come another day. Well, yeah, day never came. I didn't come back. Yeah. Or didn't go back. And so where was your head at then? Because uh, that must have I been I just a... wanted to play. I yeah. didn't care who I played for. I yeah. Mean, if it had been East Fremantle at that time, I would have played for them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. As it happens, it, uh, that, that door closed and, that, and another one another opened. Another one opens. How long was it between that uh, that, that, that turn, turn away from East Fremantle? Uh, to then getting another chance? Oh, about six months. Yeah. And then a fellow from Perth came down that was with the Perth Footy Club. His yep. name was Bert Sykes, Sixer Sykes, because he was six foot apparently. Yep. Called him six. I was wondering what the Sixer was about. But anyway, that's how what it turned out. He was six foot, so they yeah. called him Sixer. Um, <laughs> and uh, he said to me, would you like to come down and have a try with the Perth Footy Club? So I said, yeah, because I was like any kid down the bush, try with anybody, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, yeah, so I got the opportunity to go to Perth. Did you grow up supporting any club in particular? Uh, East Perth. Yeah? Yeah, that was my club. East yeah. Perth was my club. Because well, I suppose Jack, if you're trying to because, make it, you put that allegiance to one side. Yes, oh, absolutely. Because uh, they were going, they were, they were a gun side in those days. Yeah. And Jack Sheedy was the coach and Jack yeah. Sheedy being a rover and that's what I wanted to be. Yeah. So it all fitted in fairly well. Yeah. Um, so when you arrived at Perth, um, how did you go to try to fit in there? Because I, I imagine it's still a big leap coming from – uh, a pretty small country town mm. uh, like Narragin, all of a sudden, you know, the waffle. Sure. Oh, yeah. is, it, it was a big deal. Big deal. Um, oh, really you're trying to deal. prove yourself at a, yeah. at a club. You've probably, you know, you're still yeah. still feeling like, a, you know, East Fremantle turned you away because yes, you, you're too small. Yeah. Um, huge pressure on you. Uh, yeah. On well, you there. Well, well, the thing is, I, I guess from a lot of the boys from the bush, you know, you come to the city and it's a big time. 
Uh, you you amongst a lot of people you don't know, and they're telling you all sorts of things. Yeah. But I, I really had a, a really one driven mind, and that was yeah. to play footy. Yeah. And that was to do the very best I could, and that's really all I had in mind. They sort of started you off on the wing, didn't they? Well, I played on the wing and centre in the country. Yeah. So that was virtually where I was best and, placed. And were you happy on the wing when you started or yeah, you were pretty, yeah, pretty keen was, to get in the middle? No, no, no. I was very, very keen on the wing. And uh, wing, wing or centre, I was more than happy. Yeah. Um, 1964, mm-hmm. um, probably uh, one of your, your breakthrough years, if yeah. you like. Uh, your first full season um, and you cap it off with the Sandover medal. Yeah, well, that, that was at the end of, yeah, because at the end of 63, I went and spoke to Anne Henfrey about this because they kept changing me on and off, on and off in 1963 from roving to wing. And mm. as I said, I never roved before. I wouldn't have a clean. I'd have a good talk to him one Thursday night. Yeah. And I was telling him how it, how important it was for me to be staying on the wing and not being changed around. And then he quietly and strongly told me that it, the team comes first. So I got the message that, that day very, <laughs> very, very clearly that uh, it was more about the team. And I didn't get a game the following week, which I expected. I got dropped, which was a great lesson for me personally. You know, yeah. I thought it was terrific. And, uh, yeah, so I woke up after that in regards to where you play. Well, you just play anywhere as long as you get a game. Yeah. And um, so then I said to him at the end of 63, well, listen, is there a chance of me playing rove? He said, yes. So I said, right, because I'll train harder during the summer, get a lot of miles in my mm. legs and mm. be ready to go. And that really was the start of, uh, well, it was first of three uh, Sandover medals. I want to mm. ask you more about that after the break. We need to take sure. a, uh, a quick break. Uh, Barry Cable is our special guest in this edition of WA's Inspiring Stories. You're listening to 882 6BR. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra and O'Day. Generations of excellence since 1888. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra and O'Day. Generations of excellence since 1888. And we have uh, an absolute legend of Australian rules football as our special guest in this edition of Inspiring Stories, uh, the one and only Barry Cable. Barry, we've just uh, reflected on 1964, uh, the the year that you won your first of three uh, Sandover medals. Really, you were taking uh, uh, the waffle by storm then, I think we can say. Three consecutive uh, premierships for Perth. Um, You won the Simpson medal in uh, in all three of those (laughs) grand finals. Uh, that's something to be proud of, I suppose, isn't it? <laughs> well, it was. It, it 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 was because they're the sort of things that you never think about. I mean, yeah. all you think about is playing, playing well, and the team really is making the finals. And if you can play in a grand final, that's it. Every, I mean, that's mm. the highest honour that any player can have with any team. Yeah. And so then to be able to do that and three straight was you know um, was fantastic. And it's only when you look back on it after you've retired that you say, wow. Yeah, that was was good. A a golden time. Yeah, at the time, you're not thinking about it. I mean, all you're thinking about is that's one year gone, so then you're just worrying about the next year. You know, can I play well? Can the team play well? All that sort of Mm. stuff. Mm. Of course, if footy didn't have the uh, the the money, the revenue, the income, no. the the level of professionalism and and full time commitment that it it's, does now, sure. what what were you doing outside of of footy training? Well, I was those years? well, I was pretty keen, so I was I was doing things that suited me for my footy. Yeah, I was even in those days. I always looked at 
probably me footy. Fitness, Everything was about job, yeah. making you a better footballer. Yeah, which wasn't which wasn't the way to go really, because people kept saying, "Well, you know, what's football? It's not going to keep you for the rest of your life." And mm. all this, and they're all quite right. Mm. But because you're sort of so driven by wanting to be so good and so well, so good at it, you sort of didn't. I didn't even think of those things. I just yeah. sort of just kept going the way I was going and playing me footy and getting yeah. a job here and there and doing all of those sort of things. Did footy fortunate. pay the bills though? Did, did, did playing for Perth, though, in those years, did, did that pay your bills? Well, can, can I just say this, that <laughs> my first year there, what I got handed was to play for them was a pair of shorts and boots. So I don't think that had helped me. Uh, probably I, not then. I, I don't think. Did they even do your washing? I, I think that answered the question. <laughs> I don't need to be too much food coming from that. Um, but um, but as time went on, you know, I, I don't know, we picked up 100 bucks a week or something. Or, yeah. $50 a week playing, you know, like, so no, it had nothing to do with money. Money had nothing to do with it in those yeah. days. Yeah. It was all from the heart for the love of the game mm. and for the team and mates that you're playing with. That's what it was all about. Yeah. And, and training, how often would you, would you be training? Oh, we trained pretty hard. Well, I did anyway, personally, yeah. and I'm sure the other boys did too, but I, I particularly trained very hard. I mean, I, I trained all the time to make sure that my skills were really high up yeah. and, uh, and all of that. So mm. I, d- I didn't have any pro- – again, never had any problems in those areas. Yeah. But I did train – I did train personally you train put a lot very in. hard. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's such a different game back then too, wasn't it? Mm. You think of the standard of the, of the grounds, uh, particularly, oh, yeah. you know, in the winter when it gets wet, the heavy yeah. ball, oh, yeah. muddy fields, um, mm. you know, probably more back then than, than now, being mm. shorter in stature sure. was not a disadvantage because, you know, right. you were so handy mm. getting – in and under the packs. Well, well it's not, it's, 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 as I always say, it's never a disadvantage if you can read the ball and you know where, where mm. to go to get it. Mm. It doesn't matter mm. where it is, whether it's in the mud, the sand, the water, it doesn't make any difference because, you know, you can read the plane, you know where to go and where it is. Yeah. Um, and, and they're the key factors. And, and, the, and the other key factors, of course, is having the ability. Yeah. You know, you've got to have the ability. I mean, you know, yeah. if you don't have the ability, well, don't go. <laughs> At what point did you start thinking about a move over east? Uh, well, I, well I, di- I didn't think about it at first purely in Sydney because I, I was enjoying myself here yeah. and I'd uh, been able to achieve all the things that I wanted to achieve, particularly from a team point of view. We'd won premierships, we'd played in finals, I'd played in state games, we'd won state games. Uh, so everything was fantastic at that stage. Mm. But then all of a sudden, Mr Ron Joseph lands on my doorstep from North Melbourne and he was young at the time too, by the way, big green yep. behind the ears. Um, and uh, he was over here chasing somebody else, I believe. But he, he thought to himself, I've heard about this cable character and uh, he said that he's never going to play for Victoria and this and that. But um, I might just give him a call. I, you know, I'd love to go and have a chat to him. So he did. Yeah. And of course, then he came and he says the old story, you know, the poor old North Melbourne story, you know, never... Never done any any good. Haven't won a premiership. Been in the comp for fifty years. All this business. And he, I thought he was going to start to cry at one stage. <laughs> he was he was he was that good at it. Um, <laughs> and anyway, so when he left, when he left, I just said to him, "Oh look, I'll I'll give you a call." And when he left, I had a real good talk to my wife, who's followed me ever since I've been sixteen. She's she's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, so we had a good talk about it. And I said, to her, "What do you think? You know, we we should probably go and." give them a hand because, you know, at the end of the day, it, you know, if your team's down, they've got to have good players to help them get up. Yeah. And so she said, well, it's up to you, you know, wh- whatever you want to do. If you, if you want to do that, well, mm. that's up to you. Mm. Again, all the negative started mm. um, from from the outside group. You know, why do you want to go to Melbourne for? 
what do you want to go to North Melbourne for? They're down the bottom of the ladder. You've done everything you've done here. You've, you've got a great reputation. Why do you want to go over there and spoil mm. everything by being in a, in a um, bottom team you mm. know, and get bashed about mm. in the mud and all that sort of stuff? Mm. But I said, no, no, I'm going, no, that's what I want to do. So yeah. I went for that one year in 1970. And uh, and history will tell us you're now uh, part of their their team of the century. So things obviously went pretty well there. But can I just even before North Melbourne came along, yeah, um, you'd kind of signed a, a, a oh, deal, a form four yeah. with with Carlton. With Carlton, yeah, because Ernie Henfrey, you, you, you could have been a, a Blues player. Would I definitely would have been yeah. a Blues player because Ernie Henfrey, who was a great coach yeah. and a great player, played for uh, Carlton yeah. in 1947. And was the captain of their team, West Australian, by the way, which is fantastic. So get, that goes to show yeah. you how far it goes back for West Australians, yeah. how good they are. And he's, he's also in their team of the century. He said to me, w- we would like you to try out at Carlton. So Carlton rang And was that tempting to you at all? Yeah, well, of yeah. course it was. You know, yeah. cause, and uh, they flew myself and Helen over to Melbourne. Yep. And we had a talk and met met all the big guns at the time, John Nichols and all mm. these guys, uh, Gould, who had just won the 64 Brownlow medal. And so I signed with them. Uh, in those days, you signed what they call a Form 4. Yeah. Went so, for so, two years. So, so talk us through what a, what a Form well, 4 a form actually meant. Well, Form 4 in those days was you signed it and you were then stuck to that club for two years. Yeah. Then at the end so of the So if two, you were to move to Victoria, that yep, would be the that, club you'd play for. That would be the club for. I'd play for. At yep. the end of the two years, it's expired. Yep. If they don't You're sign me up agent. again, it's open yep. slather again. Yeah. So it was in 19 – so I signed in 1964. Yep. Went to the Hobart Carnival in 1966 yep. with Western Australia and we played and played very well. And then, of course, then I had the John Nichols and all these guys coming over and saying, hey, Cabes, it's 1966, it's time, it's time yeah. to sign. And I said, no, look, I'm not, I'm not interested. I'm not going to sign because I don't think I'll ever go to Melbourne anyway. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, but we're gonna, gonna, we'll give you some money and we'll do this and we'll do that. And I said, no, I'm not interested. And they said, well, you're not interested in taking the money? I said, no. And I said, because I said, I don't want to be burdened by taking money from you and not then um, going over and playing for you. Yeah. Because at this stage, I don't think I'm going to play for anybody anyway. So yeah. there's no point in taking the money. Yeah. So just leave it as it is. So they were disappointed. Um, Richmond had a go a- as well. Hawthorne have a go uh, I think Hawthorne well. had a dip at one stage. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's quite a few of them. And anyway, but I gave them pretty pretty clear message. I wasn't going to Melbourne. And that in the it. end, it was the the mighty ruse. I have to declare, yeah. I grew up a, a, a and 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 still am a North Melbourne good on you fan. Well, uh, good I remember team. my uh, my very first footy jumper as a young tacker was uh, Matthew Larkins. Yeah, Matthew. Yeah, jumper who was uh, yeah still still one of my favourite yeah. players. I gave Matthew's first league game when I was coach of North Melbourne. There you go. Thank goodness you did. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> I was rubbish, but uh, but he was great. Um, so in the end, where's where's your mind at? Where you've gone? Here's North Melbourne come yeah. along now. Yep. Uh, obviously they they had a good sales pitch for you, but they just finished bottom of the ladder, had they not? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you've well, turned down the powerhouse yeah, of, yeah, of Carlton. Yeah, yeah. Admittedly, yeah, you right. made the most of those years. Yeah. You know, you're winning premierships and, and sure. Simpson medals and yeah. and all sorts with with Perth. Yeah. But uh, how's how's your mind? change between then and the, and deciding, yes, I'm going to go well, to North Melbourne. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Like take 1970, for example. If I had gone to Melbourne in 1970, yeah. I had gone to Carlton, we'd yeah. have played in the premiership team. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I never. 
I played in North Melbourne. We won three games for the year. Mm. <laughs> and But I was fortunate. I, I, you know, I won their fairest and best. You won their fairest and I best what, in well your first and, year with them, didn't you? Yeah, and so I played well as an individual, but as a team it was terrible. And so, so then Ron Joseph came back again. Um, wiped the tears away from his uh, <laughs> eyes with a with a hanky, and then said, "Look, Caves, we're, we've changed. We're, we're looking we're looking really good at the moment. We've got Ron Barassi as our coach. Yep. We've got Mick Aylett, ex champion uh, North Melbourne man, as the president, um, and we look like picking up uh, Barry Davis from Essendon. Yep. Um, uh, their captain. Yep. Uh, Doug Wade, century go- um, thousand goal kicker for Geelong." Yep. Uh, John Rantel, yep. uh, top line player from South Melbourne. Yep. We look like picking up a young bloke by the name of Blight in South Australia. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, we're going to grab another couple. David Dench as well, uh, was no, he? No, no, local it? boys. Yeah. So uh, so he said, what do you think? So then again, I you know, had a good talk with Helen again because the kids are getting a little bit older now, Barry and, and Shane. And so then we said, right. We'll do it. We'll go again. Mm. We, we look like we might be we might be in it this time. We might at least be in the finals anyway. Mm. And so we, we went back. Yeah. And that was a great move. Fantastic great move. move. Yeah. Yeah. Played in five straight grand finals. Yep. Played in the only second draw in the history of the game mm. in 1977 and played in their very, their only two at that time first premierships, 75 yeah. and 77. Yep. So I couldn't be disappointed about that, could I? No, absolutely <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, did you feel like a bit of a trailblazer at the at the time? Oh, uh, well, see, again, I, I would never have looked at it, uh, would have never even thought about that. I just thought about going over there, helping North Melbourne. Yeah. But, of course, I think all the boys that went over there at that time uh, would have been trailblazers for, mm. for different people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because there was, um, uh, after that, there, there was a lot of players who went yeah. and played you know, there was um, and and before me, there was Graham Farmer. He went a bit earlier. Yes, uh, a couple, of, a few years earlier, uh, and then um, then I'd gone. And then w- once we'd done that, I mean, you know, they, it really exploded. Yeah, blokes went from everywhere. There was the Richardson brothers who played for Collingwood. Yeah, were there. And then, like I mentioned earlier, Ern Henfrey was over there in nineteen forty-seven. That was during the war years where they had to be there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you had to come back at the end of your first season, though. Oh yeah, Didn't they you? put what? a seventy thousand dollar on my head. The Perth Footy Club did so. In other words, I didn't come back. That's what. And North was. couldn't afford to pay. Well, naturally, no. I, I don't think seventy so. grand at that time would have been yeah, well, a huge se- amount of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money today. Yeah, but you know, in those days, it would have been worth a lot more. How did you find the step up from from Waffle to the then VFL? Yeah. Um, how did, cause oh, well, I never, to be quite honest and frank, I never noticed any difference at all, really. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Because, see, I'd played a lot of just interstate. Just bigger crowds. And... Yeah. I just played a lot of interstate footy. Yeah. And uh, we played against Victoria and mm. South Australia. So you, I knew most of the players and I'd played against them anyway. Yeah. So it wasn't like as if you were going into something that was just completely new. Yeah. I mean, the grounds were different. There's no doubt about that. I mean, they yep. were muddy and wet yep. and slippery and heavy. Yep. And the weather was pretty ordinary compared mm. to Western Australia. Mm. I mean, all of those things were, but, but I mean, I expected all that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was something I had in my mind anyway. Mm. So it wasn't as that just all of a sudden came. It wasn't a surprise to you. No, no, not at all. No. You mentioned state v state footy just before mm. we head to a break. Do you reckon, do you reckon, well, the AFL has, has missed a trick with state of origin footy? 
Oh, I think so. You know, I, think I remember it, going to I, some games yeah. at, at Subi as a kid where it was yeah. absolutely rammed. Rammed, yeah, I know. Uh, and some of the best games of footy I've ever sure. seen. No, I think it'd be fantastic, personally. Yeah. But, you know, it's the way it is, and, you know, they seem to can't find any way of how to get around it at the moment. So let's yeah. just hope they keep working on it and, you know, decide to do it one day. One of the, one of the few things that the NRL does... Yeah, do, uh, that's very got well. it completely over the yeah. AFL, isn't it? Yeah, well, they got it from the they yeah. got it from the AFL in the first place. Yeah, uh, we need to head to a break, Barry. But after mm. that, I want to ask you about the uh, uh, the tractor incident that um, proved a life changing moment, didn't it? I mean, it yeah. almost it almost finished you, didn't it? Well, so, it, well, almost, yes, it was, it almost, almost, yeah. almost. Little did they know. Fortunately, I was at the end. They anyway. had a pretty tough cooking in Barry Cable to deal with here. So, uh, I want to ask you all about that after the break. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra and O'Day, generations of excellence since 1888. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. Barry Cable is our inspiring story in this episode. A legend uh, in the Australian Football and West Australian Football Hall of Fame. He's a member of the Sport Australia Hall of Fame, just to name a few of the the titles that he's uh, picked up over the years. But, uh, Barry, take us back to... uh, uh, Orange Grove, uh, the property that you'd uh, only recently at the time purchased and an absolutely uh, horrific tractor accident that almost killed you. Well, it, it could have it could have been that way. How did it happen? Um, well, look, firstly, it was just something that I hadn't mucked around with tractors much before and I bought it this property and there was an old tractor in there and... Um, I just wanted to get a bit of an idea of you know what it'd be like mucking around on a on a property with an old mm. tractor buzzing around. So this is this is post North Melbourne. Post yes, yes. This is my you're last done. couple of years uh, sort of with 70s. East Perth, by the way, after yep. we won the premiership. Yeah. So it was we, I think we're talking seventy nine. Yep. And um, anyway, I, I thought oh, I'll I'll kickstart it, you know, get it going, and just the old handle in front, you know, there's a little massive Ferguson mm. with the big big wheels, knobbly wheels on the back. So I gave her a bit of a spin. <laughs> and anyway, to my surprise, it just turned over. And yeah. normally that doesn't happen when you're, when you're trying to chuff them around a pit when it's in a gear. Yeah. Anyway, away she went and I was just very lucky. I got out of the way because it was up against the wall. I was back to the wall to start with because I drove it in and it was... Yeah. And I was just lucky that I moved out of the way. At first, I was sort of thought I was Superman. You know, I thought, oh, this would be okay. I'll just stand there. I'll hold it off. <laughs> so lucky, you know, that I didn't do that because yeah. that, that was really silly. So I moved across to the left and the tractor just went bang straight into the wall and I went around to turn the key off. And unfortunately, as I did that, I must have swung my foot around some awkward way and the back wheel of the tractor caught my runner and just dragged my foot underneath. Oh, wow. Mm. Uh, and and the the injuries you sustained to your lower right mm. leg were horrific. Oh, I yeah. mean, they've they've pretty much had to rebuild yes. that lower half of your leg, haven't That's they? Right, they've taken yeah. huge skin grafts from your hip. They yep. took a uh, it was a, a, a vein from your left leg yeah, and put it in the right. Turned that into an mm. artery. That's it. Um, the, they, did mean, marvel- they did a marvelous. They did a marvelous. Incredible. Job. Yeah, and because really from the knee down, it was. My, my calf was completely convulsed. Yeah, you know, it was just stripped clean to the bone. Wow! So you can imagine it was a nice old messy job. You remember the the pain, or were you oh, in shock then? Well, I think you're in shock and yeah, in pain, and you don't sort of you know. You were lucky. I mean, was your wife there at the time? No, no you? one was no. there. I was, I was up there on my own. So how and did you how did you I even thought, get oh, help at the time? Well, when 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 the wheel had stopped spinning and the motor ran out because the tractor went 
partly up the wall and then eventually the petrol couldn't get up from the from the carby or from the tank or whatever it was and it just conked out, which was a great thing for me personally because, yeah. wow, um, because I was looking at the fact that, you know, the, if it would have kept going, we'd have just chewed my leg off. That's wow. how bad it was. So I was just lucky that it just stopped at the time it stopped and then I just started yelling for help. Mm. Very fortunate that the guy next door was home. Yeah. He's never normally home, so it was really fantastic Very at that lucky. time. Yeah, it was, and anyway, he ran across, and then he nearly fainted when he saw the uh, the um, injury that it was. And I told him he couldn't faint now because I said, "Gee, we've both been in trouble." <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I just told him to go down to the house and bring me back a bucket of water so I could stick my head in it to sort of make myself feel a bit better. And then while you're there, ring my wife, you know, ring yeah. the ambulance and all of that, and. Yeah, that's how we got it all going. So, so you rushed to to hospital, Royal Perth Hospital, mm. uh, marathon surgery that yes. followed. Yes, it was. Yeah. But, I, but I, really, they did an incredible job. All I things did a considered. fantastic job. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, um, and when you consider now, it's well over thirty years ago. Um, you know, I've been very fortunate that, that I haven't had a lot of problems mm. with it, other than it's a sti- stiff ankle joint always has been. Mm. Um, so that sort of stops you from running properly and all that, but yeah. you, know, you still ride your bike and yeah. walk around okay and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Bit of a limp, but yeah. you know, so what? I mean, I, I'm not trying to be dramatic here, but, mm. uh, you know, I've, some of the news articles at the time say that, um, you know, that at one point it was touch and go whether you were going to, you were going to make it. And then mm. the question was, are you going to be able to walk again? Yeah, all that. That's a that's a profound mm. uh, thing to have to take on board, isn't it? For you, that's yeah. to, to, oh, well, to that's be right. sitting there wondering if you're going to, you know, what life is even yeah. going to be like if you make it. Well, well, the hard, yeah. Well, that was the hardest part. It was being in hospital for so yeah. long. I was in there for four months mm. with my leg up in the air, and the doctors, unfortunately, at the time, could never say that it would be okay because you could imagine. What what they had to what they had to go through the cleaning cleaning of it and everything before they could actually get to the point of stitching it up and, they had to and, clean and working sort of petrol out, and rubber out of yeah it, all they? of that sort of stuff wow. and then try to work out how to do it so <laughs> your first thing is every time they come in is you know how's it going and you know will it be okay and of course they could never say well at one st- um they'd never it wouldn't get to the point where they mm. may have to um, amputate. Uh, I think that was their very first mm. um, idea, mm. would be the best. Mm. Um, but then they uh, realised that, you know, I was pretty keen on keeping my legs. So then they realised all the problems that I would have mm. and what they would have to do to make that uh, come about. Mm. So it was a real, it was a real big job. Uh, I, I, I've come across comments from your, your wife too. I think she was, uh, <laughs> yeah. she was talking about, um, you know, your, your weeks post surgery mm. and how doctors were so astonished with your recovery and uh, and how that lifted your spirits as well mm. to the point where you actually asked her to bring some weights into the hospital so that you could start training. Like, you know, weeks well, after, I had, well, I had the, to do, the question was whether you were even going to walk again. Yeah, well, I had to do something. I mean, I've been in there, what, for four months. So you can imagine lying down on a bed for four months. You yeah. just waste away. Yeah. So I had to, get, had to get some weights in there to sort of at least just use the body mm. part. And use my arms and so forth, yeah. And, yeah. and they did that, which was really good of them. It was really nice. Yeah. Um, but I had to do that because uh, that was uh, helping me recover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and obviously, I mean, you're still, you know, getting lots of Ks done every week on the bike. Mm, but yeah. uh, uh, it's amazing you haven't had really any great ongoing problem with it. 
haven't had any haven't had any apart from the bit of stiffness in the ankle you problems no that's right which is Mm. normal you know yeah the stiffness and the maybe bit of uh, arthritis type of thing but you know apart from that yeah no very good you're a tough bugger Mm. oh well (laughs) it's good it's better yeah Um, I want to ask you about your coaching days uh, (laughs) after this I think we have to head to another break but uh, there's plenty to get through there. Uh, as well, and also about uh, your work with the Indigenous uh, community as well. So um, we'll get to that uh, after our break. Barry Cable is our special guest in this edition of Inspiring Stories here on 882 6BR. Back with more in a moment. You're listening to another edition of Inspiring Stories on 882 6BR for Barra and O'Day, WA's family-owned funeral directors. You're listening to another edition of Inspiring Stories on 882 6PR for Barra and O'Day, WA's family-owned funeral directors. And Barry Cable is our special guest in this edition of Inspiring Stories. Barry, uh, your coaching days, did you enjoy coaching as opposed to playing? Did you get as much uh, satisfaction I did, I, from it? I did enjoy it. Uh, coaching wasn't my real thing. You know, fo- How did you fo- end up? Football playing you, when you, you coached at the, um, at the highest level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I just wanted to play. I wanted yeah. to coach just purely and simply because I feel that that sort of completed my whole footy yep. business, if you like. Yep. So that... If I'm now talking with you on radio, yeah. I can talk with a bit of experience about coaching. Too right, you can. So that's the reason why I actually uh, went ahead and thought, well, why not have a go and yeah. see how you go. What were your highlights as a coach? Um, I have a few things. East Perth Premiership, 1978, um, that was fantastic. I mean, yep. to come from the position that we came from and the way the players played is one of yep. the best ever. Yep. North Melbourne obviously was fantastic. I yep. was there, 70, I, I I figure what it was, 80, 82, 83, 84. And yep. We played in finals two years. Yep. Uh, 83, we were the best team in the comp in the home and away. Won the just, minor premiership. Yeah, yeah won the yeah. minor. But we just yep. weren't quite good enough in the finals for, for a lot of reasons. Uh, but no, it was very good and, and it was challenging and I really enjoyed it. Yep. Mm. The Cracker Brothers, uh, <laughs> you know, Famous North yes. Melbourne footballers, uh-huh. uh, you know, from from our part of the world. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Were, were you involved in, in getting them over the uh, north? Well, Ron Joseph spoke to me about it and yeah. asked me about the boys. And as I said to him, you know, I said, they were just fantastic, those two. I mean, if you can get them to come to the club, yeah. uh, we're just going to be a better club. Mm. Um, and, and he did. And, yeah. and we were better. I mean, they were fantastic. They were both yeah. Jim and Phil. Yeah. Um, I know them both well. And, um, yeah, they're terrific players. Yeah. Um, being made a, an order of the British Empire uh, for services to football, where does that rank uh, in, uh, in the well, again, long I, list of your yeah, accolades? Well, again, it's it's one of those things, I think, like I said to you earlier, that, you know, you just play the game, you want to play well, you want to get help your team make the final, all that. Yep. And all this other stuff is, is very nice if, mm. if that's what people think of you and mm. um, say that, uh, you know, that's how it is, and you should be in line for one of those. Well, mm. to me, you know, that's fantastic. I mm. mean, you know, I, I really appreciate that. Mm. But it's not, it's something that you don't you don't sort of look at, saying, "Well, I'm going to get an MBE, or I'm yeah. going to win a Sandover Medal, or you know, I mean, or a Ferris and Best, even for that matter." Yeah. All you do is you just play. You just play your best. Mm. It, when when the weekends come around now, I know you you spent some time as a as an assistant at the Eagles in their very early days. Um, when the weekend comes around now and, and Perth splits into in two into predominantly Eagles and and Dockers, 
colours. Uh, where do you go? Well, I've just got to say this. Or do now, you keep it neutral and get, still go, well, for, go for north? Let, let, let me just say this, just so that everybody <laughs> understands where I stand. I'm a North Melbourne man, obviously, because yep. I've played in their very first two premierships. Yep. Uh, but I do support both West Coast and Dockers because I'm a West Australian. Yes. And I love to see them both do very well. Yeah. So when they both play... Whoever wins, you know, I'm, I'm, you're right, I'm neutral. Yep. So that, that's you're fantastic. Swimsled. And a bit like even with North Melbourne is the same. So, yeah. you know, I'm happy either way. So I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've got three teams. Yeah. One of them's going to win. So one of them's going to win. <laughs> so on the weekend, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> you just keep a low profile when one comes that's up it. against the that, other. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't say nothing. Yeah. Um, can I ask away from uh, from footy, though? Because uh, you, you've established a, a charity back in uh, the late 90s mm. uh, aimed at, um, at at helping kids who are from lower socioeconomic yeah, areas. Disadvantaged. Yeah. How did, how did yeah. that come about? How did you... Um, Oh, it's just, just something that I started that. at the West Australian Footy Commission, yep. Community Service Division, um, and then we uh, a lady that I was able to get older, her name was Jenny Day, she worked in the education department, she had a very similar way of thinking to what I did, and we sort of joined up, and we've been doing that now for probably 20 years, mm. and it's still going, and we're doing uh, okay, and uh, we're hoping that uh, we can do even better still uh, mm. in the years to come from a health point of view, health yep. and fitness. Uh, also around that time, I think even just just before mm. that, uh, Hendy Cowan, uh, member of the WA uh, government at the time, invited you to um, uh, to take up the position. It was a newly formed organisation, wasn't right, it? The, yes. uh, the Aboriginal Economic Development That's Council. Right, yes, true. Uh, was that operating in a similar sort of space? Yes, it was. It was just just, just having a check, seeing what what uh, certain um, little. Uh, companies were doing and so forth and seeing if they were yep. doing okay, if they needed any support or help. Yep. That was very good. Um, just quickly on your on your family. I know uh, we watched uh, Shane come through the ranks and he, 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 he did get to pull on the Eagles He did, he uh, pulled on the jumper. Eagle jumper, yeah. Um, Barry Jr. as well. Yes. Um, how are they travelling oh, these very, days? Very good. No, the family's fantastic. That's yeah. my number one love is the family. Yeah. And then footy comes after that. But yep. uh, all of our decisions have been made through the family, even mm. going back to Melbourne and then coming back to WA. It had a lot to do with the boys, what, yeah. what they wanted to do. And uh, so they're all travelling, and the grandkids are all travelling very well as well. Yeah, fantastic. Um, you know, four boys and a girl, and uh, they're all doing well. Heavy, heavy load of expectation uh, when, when, you, when you've got that famous last name, Cable, and you start playing footy. Um, well, yeah, well, I got two. I'm sure two, they would say that. Two of my grandsons, yeah. two of my grandsons are now playing, um, on Saturday afternoons in the footy Yep, and they're really enjoying it. Yep. And I go along and see them and I watch half game and then shoot off and go and watch the other half somebody somewhere else. So it's uh, still a family tradition and it's fantastic. Yep. And they love it too, by the way. So your, your love of the game hasn't diminished even from that, 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 Young lad kicking a ball around in Narragin. Not at all, not at all. No, I know people talk about, you know, the game's a bit, bit strange these days. And I must admit, it is a little bit strange. Like, for example, the bloke that kicks the goal and then he goes immediately off the ground. I don't quite get that one yet. Yeah. But uh, I'm learning, um, like everybody else. So mm. uh, there's obviously. I think we all are. <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason for it. Barry Cable, we really appreciate you coming in and sharing your stories with us. Thank pleasure. you very much for your time. No, pleasure. Thank you and to your listeners. You've been listening to uh, inspiring stories here on 882 6PR. Everyone has a story to tell. This one is brought to you by Bower and O'Day. We look forward to you joining us again next time as we unearth another WA inspiring story. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day.
Generations of excellence since 1888. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.